There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. You're about to listen to a podcast from the day after the 2016 presidential election. So Tari and I thought it was too important a time, too good of an opportunity to not have a conversation about. One of the main themes of the show is moving from awareness to action. And certainly there's a lot to be aware of. Now the next step is how do we take action to go about making a difference? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Hope that you enjoy it. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. With me, as always, is Centauri Minor. Good day to you, sir. Hello. So here we are filming live at Seed Spot in downtown Phoenix. This is a really awesome facility. And Centauri, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but uh, something happened last night. You mean the election? The election. Something happened, and people were losing their minds this morning. Like Facebook, seems like all the air got sucked out of Facebook. I uh, canceled all my appointments and just got out of bed like two hours ago. No kidding. Like, I'm, I'm not kidding, because it was so insane. Um, a good friend of mine who's a PhD in social psychology, and I, she and I were texting last night, and she was like, oh, how did this happen? And I said, well, exit polls show that 29% of Latinos voted for Trump, and she's... Hispanic, she's like, I just can't believe that. So it's not like it was just this white wave, which it did happen, but there were plenty of minorities that also added to the, the issue. I just don't get it. It's insane. <clears throat> yeah. Interesting thing. I, I was very, very, very surprised by it when we were watching last night. And I was watching CNN, and they kept saying, well, Trump's has a, a very impressive lead in Florida. And it was a very impressive lead in these other states. And I was telling my wife, I was like, holy cow. Is, is he actually going to win? He's going to win. And then we went to bed because um, we have our son is at home. Obviously, he's uh, he's four weeks old. Aww. Needed to get some sleep. But I got up at three in the morning and rolled over and checked it and said, President Trump. President <laughs> Donald Trump. Out of control. It's insane. So something that I was kind of bothered. Well, there's a lot of things that I'm bothered by. I would hope so. But a lot of people were saying that it reminded them of 9-11. And and why? I thought that was crazy. That's one really offensive. But why? Right. What was the rationale? I I'm I'm not a hundred percent. I saw that throughout Facebook. So I don't know if that's young people that don't fully remember nine eleven. Like that was pretty. Well, I keep going back to the fact that so I was actually a big fan of George W. Bush, who everyone hated, right? And everyone thought the world was going to end, the country was going to end. And then eight years after, like we were still standing. Things were bad. Things right. are good. But for the most part, he didn't mess up the country too much. And I'm hoping that, one, and his speech kind of showed it, that a lot of what he said throughout the campaign was just a bunch of bullshit. That he's too, two, he's actually a pretty like normal guy, pretty um, moderate man. And three, that he will actually unite folks. Um, it might be, It might be interesting to see that he might be a good president. I mean, we're... At this point, we have to shift from being so upset about it to really realizing that this is the reality and how do we work in it and how do we get through it. And that's that's the only approach that you really can take, right? Right. Um, I mean, everyone, you're always going to have 
half the people didn't vote for that person, right? So you have half the country that's so angry about it. Um, there's nothing you can really do about it other than, one, look at local elections. So you got to think, while the presidency happened, you have to look at the local law really is what matters. So look there and see if there is any bright spots. Um, here in Arizona, we now have Paul Pinzone as our sheriff, so that was something that was really good. And um, I think that'll probably overshadow the Trump stuff over the next couple of weeks, especially since Arpaio has been in for, what, 26 years? It's been an awful long time. 26 years. Um, and so now Arizona gets to focus on that, and the Trump stuff will trickle down eventually. Right, right. Well, this is exciting for a lot of reasons, because we've been talking about doing this podcast for a good little while. And I think one of the motivations for me was because of the division that we saw in the United States over the election, how long the election's been going on, and the campaigns have been going on forever. And it seems like it went on forever. It did. Years. Identity politics. Um, just lots of issues that, through the microphone of Facebook and social media, are so loud. Um, but it was more just, let's make people aware of everything, but I don't know that I saw a lot of follow through. It's just a lot of talking about things without doing it. So the whole idea behind the podcast was moving from awareness to action. So as tough as it is to talk about the election, I think it's uh, just just, just really good timing that we're able to kick off our our first podcast. Yeah, what are the odds of that? First podcast is when Donald Trump becomes our president. Donald Trump becomes <laughs> the president of the United <laughs> States of America. That's insane to think about. But looking at his, uh, I was looking at his, of course, Wikipedia page last night once I realized that he's, this dude's probably going to be our president. And it was actually interesting to me that as, as educated as I am, I focused really on what the media was telling me about him, but didn't really look at his background. He has an impressive resume. Uh, he's definitely a smart, smart man. Um, a good businessman. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how he brings that to our country. I think, I think I'm in the the mindset, or at least in the the the, the area of, you know, it can't be that bad. Uh, luckily, our our system has enough checks and balances so that he won't run amok. Um, it really can't be that bad. And maybe now that um, we have the presidency and the the House and Senate. There might get some things. Some things might actually happen in this country, whether we like it or not. Things might there might be movement, and so I'm excited to see what that looks like. Right, good or bad. Right. So, as people are are watching this or listening to this, both there's a very good chance that they've never met us and they don't understand what our backgrounds or our politics are, and that'll certainly reveal itself as as we move along through the uh, through the different shows. But I think that we're both pretty reasonable people. I would say somewhat. Um, certainly views that you would consider to be on the left side of the aisle and, and the right. right, right, right. Um, so what you've just said is a very, very measured and reasonable explanation of, of, of what's happened. But the whole 9-11 thing that people were talking about, it seems like people were really, really, really upset about all this. And, and, that, and that's why they were relating it to 9-11? Yes. I got to look this up. Okay. I mean, those are, that makes me very, uh, what upset. I mean, I think the severity of what's happening right now is not anywhere near to what 9-11 is. Um, that's, that was catastrophic. People lost lives. I think anyone who's saying that on either side, right or left, is just, I mean, they don't understand the history or the severity or the magnitude of that event. 
and to compare that to this election, that's I, I think it's, it's wildly inappropriate. Yeah. So why is it uh, also a, a white, black, Hispanic thing? What, which piece of it? Well, I saw Van Jones last night. Oh, I did see that, yeah. And I didn't watch it. I, I need to. Talked about a white lash. Yeah, so if you look at um, ever since... The whole basket of deplorables that Hillary was talking about, it seems like there's a lot of people on the left that are calling the 50% of America that voted for Donald Trump racist, right. stupid, from the middle of the country that don't understand everything. Is I think there's some truth to that. I think a lot of folks... Um, on both sides are just swayed by media. So it's really, you got to figure that there is a group of folks that just were going to do what, I mean, Trump did a good job of like going to Wisconsin and Hillary didn't. He might've gotten people that were so apathetic. They were like, well, this guy at least showed up. I'll vote for him. Right. I think, um, one of the things that a lot of that the left got in trouble with, or at least Hillary's side got in trouble with is being that, uh, liberal elite. So, Telling people that they don't understand things is a good way to be get them against you, right? So saying you just don't get why this is this way or you're not educated enough is a good way to get someone to not vote for you. And that's what Hillary's camp was about was we these educated people in our ivory towers that understand the real problems of this country and 50% of their country were saying you don't get it at all. I think one of the things that um, an article in Slate wrote about was once Obama was elected, there was this kind of white flash. So you got this black president... Um, who did amazing things. He was a great, great president. Um, but a lot of people felt slighted in that the president didn't represent them for once. And so you had all these people, whether they aligned with Obama's views or not, just saying, "I we can't have someone like this in office again. And I think a lot of that had to do uh, with Donald Trump winning. And just, I mean, middle class white <clears throat> people are not as successful as they were in the 60s. And that is something that we have to take into account. And so having a president that says... Um, they get it, although Donald Trump is so far removed from that, so I don't understand that logic. But he at least was saying, "I get your, I get your plight," um, and Hillary wasn't. That's clearly she was. She was just not in tune with what was happening in the country. Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. Certainly, a lot of the media got this election incorrect. Oh yeah, they, they really whiffed on it. Yeah, they, they missed on it. Although that being said, I think that coming into the final days of the election, it was. Hillary by three with a three percent, mm-hmm. you know, margin of error. And right. Essentially, Hillary won the popular vote she by did. a couple hundred thousand. Um, got crushed in the electoral vote, but that's that that's that's pretty much where people thought it was going to be coming in. So right. Take that one step further. I was listening to uh, to a conversation earlier today, and they said that when Obama was elected in two thousand and eight, he had such massive turnout. Right. Right. And then there was a drop off, and I'm going to get the numbers wrong here, of about 4 million people from 2008 to 2012. And then from where that happened to the numbers that Hillary got, all those people that that Obama was able to galvanize to get out did not show up for Clinton Mm -hmm. at all. Right. So I don't know if it's, in fact, I tend to think that it's not so much this white lash or blowback although I think that that's probably present, I think it's just a matter of that Hillary did a really, 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 really lousy job and people don't like her. I think to both of those things are true. She did a really lousy job of um, really connecting with people. Um, she is part of, I mean, she got a, her family, they're the Clintons, right? Her husband was um, president. She was a senator, secretary of state. 
Um, they're all very, very well-educated folks. I mean, she was just not connecting with her base. And two, um, what has been really going around is that uh, it's been obvious how much this country hates women. And I know that that's a very, like, inflammatory statement, but you got to think, all of this collection, people were saying, well, we don't understand why people don't like Hillary. It's because she's a woman. Like, if she were a guy, she would have killed it, right? She would have done a great job, but people are not... People are used to, or people accept powerful women up to a point. They don't want that person running their country. Um, and I think Hillary really was, you know, it was really bad for her because she's a female. I think that she's not um, woefully unlikable if she were a male, is what I would say. I mean, she has some unlikable qualities that you would let anyone else get away with. I mean, they did with Trump. Um, but Hillary, being a woman, really did put her at a disadvantage. Maybe. Maybe. Again, she won the popular vote, though. She did. She she did. I think if you would run any any worthwhile candidate, if you had run him against Clinton or run him against Trump, probably would have won. I don't know about that. Uh, that America hates women or not. I think it's pretty true. It's fairly true. I think it's true. Um, and I think and your experience as a woman <laughs> as a qualifies yeah. you to say from that. what I hear from all these women. <laughs> Um, but if you look at it from a strategy standpoint, I mean, just looking at Wisconsin, Donald went there, Hillary didn't. The, the Clinton campaign was so cocky about a lot of this stuff. They thought we had, and most people did too. They're like, there's no way this guy's going to take it, right? And so they didn't do their work in those states. He was in five states in a day, right? He was just killing it. Um, and people were like, you're stupid. That doesn't make any sense. And Hillary's camp was certainly like, we're just going to, we're going to do this in coast. And it backfired because people saw that he showed up. And again, what I said, probably a lot of people were on the fence. And the fact that he was actually showing up in their home state uh, really did take them to the back to vote. So turn that around. If she had been the person on the ground in those five states in the last couple of days, then she would have won. Possibly. And then you wouldn't be saying that America hates women. No, I would still say that. I think it's... I think her campaign was so hard because she's a woman. I think if anyone had been Hillary Clinton... That same pedigree, same issues, same everything, but was a man, none of half of the things that came to the forefront wouldn't have come to the forefront. I mean, none of the stuff about um, people were talking about how she handled Bill cheating on her and things like you would never say that about a male politician. You would just never do that. Um, and so, you know, there's a really good Amy Schumer uh, skit where she's a female senator that's sleeping with a bunch of people and they're, they're doing a thing where they're asking her questions that you would just never ask a male who was in that situation, right? And it shows that there is a double standard, which we know. We get that. But I think Hillary was really, really um, hurt. At least campaign was derailed because of it. I mean, she did win the popular vote. People obviously think she's competent, but enough people to, in certain states didn't. Yeah, fair enough. And I don't, I, 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 I don't disagree with you. I did not vote for either one of them. Did you do Green Party? I did not vote for, for anybody for president. Are you serious? I did not know that. Dead what was your serious. rationale on that? I couldn't in good conscience vote for Donald Trump because I believe him to be a misogynist, horrible person. Who's now our president. Who's yes. an opportunist and all credit in the world. Hopefully the persona that he's put on over the past 58 years, 60 years that he's been, I think <laughs> he's probably 65, 68 years old. Yeah. Hopefully that's been simply a persona and it hasn't actually become him or I'm just hopeful that he rises to the occasion and grasps the 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 enormity of the office um and and, and is good president but in good conscience I certainly could not vote for him and 
I do not believe that Hillary is an honest person. I just don't believe that. So in good conscience, I could not vote for her either. And not Gary Johnson? No. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that he's a good, uh, a good example of what a libertarian is. He's also just not very bright. And he really was woefully unprepared to campaign for President of the United States of America. Right. And the Green Party, I'm going to be honest, I have really no idea what, um, what her platform was. Yeah. So do you, think, uh, do you think that it's a bad thing that I didn't vote? <laughs> oh, this is recording. Um, I think that as an American, you can do whatever you'd like, and that's the beauty of America. I think that those who don't vote should not have a, an opinion on things then because you, you, know, you weren't active in doing one thing one way or the other, right? So however you voted um, or however you didn't vote. Um, I, mean, I guess I get it. I understand the logic behind it, but I don't understand it in practice. But that is all I'll say about that. Well, fair enough. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that I, I thought a lot about. And we certainly have a lot of rights as Americans, and voting, the decision to vote, my ability to vote and take part in the democratic process is one of the greatest abilities that we have. Right. That being said, I also have the right to not vote. That's true. To move the conversation a little bit, we can circle back on all this stuff, but I also think and cherish my ability as a, as, as a United States citizen to interact, to talk to my elected officials whenever I want throughout the course of the year. And that's something that I absolutely take advantage of. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of the podcast is to move from awareness to action. So if you've got people out there who are extremely frustrated, which I know that there are. Right, especially now. Like, let's do things right. to influence or to change. You don't like what's going on. There's a million things you can do. I think a lot of people don't realize this, um, is that how accessible and how is their job uh, to serve their constituents. So if there is something on the local level, uh, reach out to your congressperson um, and talk to them. It's their job to talk to you. Um, going down to, um, to the Capitol, we did that for a day of um, philanthropy day at the Capitol. Really, a, lo a lot of local funders went to meet with folks, and the one thing that they said was, we need the people to educate us on what's going on in the community because we don't know unless people are telling us, um, and two, to actually come down and talk to us about things that are happening. As a, cons as a constituent, you, we serve you, and so we need that input, and we, it is your right to do so, and I don't think enough people take advantage of that. And I also don't think enough people are um, educated or aware of things on the local level, and that might be to the... Um, because we make the natural the national race so apparent and so important and so uh, big, but as I said at the beginning of this, your locals your local races are just as important. Those are the people that are going to affect your day to day. For the most part, most of us will not be affected by Trump. And I mean, I don't have a million dollars, so my taxes might go up a little. It's never going to affect my day to day life. But who's my congressman, well, or who's my mayor, or whoever my state senator? That is something that will. Hat will play into what goes on for the next couple of years for me. So my my advice or my to do to folks would be to know who your congressperson is, to know who your state legislatures are, legislators are, to talk to those people, and then really be candid about the issues that are happening in your neighborhood, in your community. That's the action part, and we're going to talk about demystifying that process because man, that that's intimidating. Right. The 
normally the state capitol in any state is a very, very impressive looking right, building. Right, 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 right. And I don't know what door to go in. And there's security. Do I need to make an appointment? All that stuff. What do I say to my congressman or, or, or the mayor or the city council person? Um, all those things we, we can get into a little bit. You are... I think you are, for the most part, correct when you say that there's very little that Donald Trump can do that's really going to influence my life. Um, one thing that I think that people would point to, especially from a woman's perspective yeah, yeah. and also a, uh, a gay and lesbian perspective, is the Supreme Court appointees that, that, right. that could be taking place. Abortion might be on the table. Um, the right to marry could be on the table. Right. And those are... Really, 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 really important, and I know that um, all those things are are they better be personal to to everybody in the United States. They certainly are to me, um, and that is something that you can absolutely influence as by going and talking as president. Yes, but I, you, anybody that's listening to this, if that's a concern, and it should be, find out who your state senators, your state representatives are, because those are the folks that if you don't like what the president's doing, there's 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 three parts to our government. The executive, which is the president, the legislature, which is the House of Representatives and the Senate, and then obviously the courts. Right. And so whoever the president puts up, I don't want to give a civics lessons here, civic lesson here, but good. they they put forth their nominee and then that nominee has to be confirmed by the the, the House and the Senate. Um, and then obviously they, they become the Supreme Court uh, justice. So, like Centauri was saying, if this is of interest to you, if you're worried about it, take action now. Figure out who your elected officials are. Reach out to them. Get on their calendar. Write to them. Email. Call. And talk to them. And one of the things that uh, talking to the folks at the Capitol, make it clear that you are one of their constituents. And so they get thousands of emails a day, right? And they're just folks that are trying to get through their time with a little little bandwidth to actually focus on those types of things. So make it clear in your notes to them that you are someone that they serve, that you are a voter, um, and that you um, live in their area, and they will definitely get right back to you because they have a vested interest in what you have to say. They interface with donors and lobbyists and people who are interested in obtaining influence. They do not all that often get to talk to constituents, like Centauri was saying, and we're the folks that vote for them. Right. So you better believe, and please, please do believe that they are interested in giving you their time and listening to what you have to say. So from your perspective, what was the uh, most interesting piece about local races? Anything that you saw that surprised you? Anything that you really liked? Um, I think that a lot of it was very surprising. I am surprised... It, it, it almost looked like like opposite ends of the spectrum took place. We voted for Trump, but then voted for the minimum wage. Right. Which are, in essence, from the outside looking in, you would assume that voting for the minimum wage would mean benefiting people that are not the Republican base, but then obviously the Republicans voted for Trump. And then we voted against marijuana. Um, and then for... The uh, for a replacement for fair, for for Sheriff Joe, yeah. so it seemed like everything was was not necessarily voting by party lines necessarily. Right. So, I'm bummed out that we did not pass recreational marijuana. Why? I 
like just thought it might be cool to be able to walk into a store and, and buy a joint and, and, and smoke it. Yeah, now, I, 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 I don't, I certainly have smoked a ton of marijuana. I don't do it very, very often. Um, but I just thought that would have been cool. And I also think that we're a little bit behind the times. Okay. That uh, looking back on this 20 years from now, when marijuana cannabis is fully legal across the entire United States, it's going to be pretty silly, much in the way that prohibition was pretty silly. Why do, what would, from a business standpoint or economic implications, why yes for marijuana? Well, I don't know that I look at it from an yeah. economic. Gotcha. There are more people locked up for marijuana right now yeah. than there are for violent acts, which is kind of, kind, of, kind of, which is kind of crazy. There are more people on pain pills right now than are on tobacco yeah. in the United States of America. So there's problems there, I believe. Um, and I don't know that people that are currently smoking or using cannabis, either with a medical ID card or buying it from their their dealer, that this is going to change their behavior one way or another. No, it won't. No. I know that, that First Things First is a, a great program that Arizona has, and it's funded completely, I believe completely, through tobacco tax. That is true. That is true. So, geez, if we're trying to make our education system better, why not tax? Something that people are going to continue doing and regulate it. Fair enough. So. Have you seen or from um, other states that those dollars actually do go towards what they say that it's written to? This is uh, tough to find real information on. I do have, I do know someone who is in government in Denver, Colorado, and that person has expressed to me that they have been able to successfully implement recreational marijuana into their city okay. and have received upwards of $50 million a year to their bottom line. Is that a lot of money? I don't know. Is that a little bit of money? I don't know. More than... It's fifty million dollars that wasn't there before, and that was that, that was a year or two ago that I had the conversation okay. with this person. So, I think if you're able to do it correctly, well, then be stupid not to. What is your, what are your thoughts on the argument that one, um, the exposure to children, and two, the increased fatalities from um, driving under the influence of marijuana? Well, one thing I can tell you definitively is that I I smoked more marijuana when I was less than eighteen years old. Mm -hmm. Than I've smoked since I was after 18 years old. So I don't know that that is a concern of mine. I am a brand new parent, and we will uh, cross that bridge when we get to it. Right. But that's not a concern of mine. I think uh, that I think that that parents need to deal with heroin and methamphetamines and, and oxy, alcohol yeah. and oxy and I prescription agree. drugs I completely and agree. driving Whew. driving is probably the most dangerous thing any of us do right and as opposed to smoking marijuana and driving it's as concerning to me as as drinking and driving is and texting and driving is and pokemon and driving and everything else right so what was your one key issue during this election from a national standpoint like what was the one thing that you wanted to know what candidates stood for well, I don't know that we ever actually covered any of that uh, on the uh, on the actual presidential election. <laughs> I was also listening to another show today, and they said that they were listening to or actually watching a replay of the election with uh, Bill Clinton, George Bush original, and Ross Perot. 
then it was amazing because they were talking about actual economic issues and policy. And today, it's it was not that at all. At all. Right. So, I guess what would have been would be a good question. If you had two candidates that could <laughs> effectively talk about a subject, what subject would you have really wanted to know about? I'm, I am very, very, very concerned about ISIS. Okay. Okay. Extremely concerned about ISIS, um, and I was also I was also following the the recreational marijuana issue pretty closely. Really. Um, I've been trying to educate myself on the pros and the cons of cannabis over the past several years, and I was curious to see how it was going to play out. So, and I think that it passed in every other state. Really? I believe that it did in California, in Nevada, um, and there was one other state that it was on the ballot for recreational, and then for um, medical, it passed in a handful of other states as well. Man. You, sir? Uh, mine would have been, I think... Just foreign relations. Um, the idea of America as the world's police um, has always been so fascinating to me. And thinking about what candidates think, how that plays out in today's um, today's world. I think as the world power, we do have a role in it. But I've also wondered if we should be more cautious about where we put our hands. I get that we have interest in everything, but I mean, sometimes it's just not our fight, and sometimes it's just it, we do more harm than good. And our intentions are always great, right? We're we're people that want to go in and help, but it's, it's uh, more wow. often than not we're not we're not good <laughs> at that. I will say our intentions are mostly good. Um, Start for another day. <laughs> but the the idea that we're putting you know American troops in X, Y, and Z when we should be maybe be focusing on um, other things elsewhere has always been something that I'd love to know what Hillary or Donald thought about either of those. And now Donald will will figure that out. We'll know. We will figure that out right. once he's writing. Shirtless horseback on a horse with uh, Vladimir Putin. Be the mother of all photo ops. I think I just created a, an amazing meme right there. Can you imagine that picture? Oh, God. That'd be incredible. Oh, God. Or, or if, if Putin were the centaur, you know, shirtless, and then the horse with the body and Trump was right. Oh, my God. <laughs> awesome. Well, as we wrap up our conversation here today... What would you say um, first steps? Um, go to, let me answer my own question. You can go to USA.gov, USA.gov. And from there, you will be able to enter in your zip code and you will, um, it will share with you and tell you all of your elected officials and all of their contact information. So I think that that is a really, really, really important first step. If you are able, or you're interested um, in moving from awareness to action, uh, from there, a simple recommendation might be to write a handwritten note or handwritten letter to their office, and I can guarantee that that will make it through versus just sending an email because sometimes that make that 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 might get lost. I would recommend being persistent and being patient in the process, but then also really being polite when when you're approaching them, like Centauri said. Uh, really important to let them know that you are an actual constituent. So that's probably a good starting point. Yep. And then from there, do not be intimidated on the local level, the state level. These are folks just like you and I who saw something that they didn't like, and so they actually took the took the steps to uh, to run for office and to be elected. 
uh, again, especially at the state level. These are regular folks who will be interested in talking to you. Yep. So anything else to, to get off your chest today, sir? About the election. Um, about anything. About anything. I think, you know, we are... Uh, it definitely signals a new time in America, and I think that this is going to be a good time for the the citizens to unite and kind of figure out what our narrative is. I think more, more so since maybe the 60s, there's a clear divide in this country, and now is the opportunity to figure out how we have a really meaningful and um, you know, civil dialogue on what that means. Just because you're pro-black lives doesn't mean you're anti-white lives. So how do we have those conversations about making sure that everyone in this country uh, who just wants to do right by their families, who wants to do well for themselves, who just wants to make a living, can do that together? Um, I think this campaign showed that there's such a disconnect and such a divide. So this is an opportunity for us to kind of figure out what that looks like and how we can have those conversations. Because at the end of the day, we're more similar than we're different. Um, and hopefully the Trump election or the Trump victory will help us realize that more. Um, but I'm optimistic. I think, as I started saying, he's just one man. I think I'm hoping that all the rhetoric throughout his campaign was just for show. And he knew exactly how to get I mean, it's clear. He knew how to get elected. He was good at the strategy. And if you look at his history, he is not as... Um, not as crazy as he's been through the last nine months. He's actually been pretty moderate on a lot of issues that he took a really extreme stance on. He used so to be a Democrat after He used all. to be a Democrat, right? And I think he's a smart man that knew how to capitalize on a certain group of people, and so he did, and he's now the president. So hopefully he now scales back a bit. And you saw this in the last couple of weeks about it, it during his speeches and how he was speaking about certain issues, that he will just be one of those presidents that... Um, it's not good, not bad. It's just someone that gets us through the next four to eight years, and that's the best we could hope for. Really well said. I'm glad that uh, that that you circled back on that. I couldn't help think about today the what what Kennedy said during his inauguration. I don't know what year it was, but the very famous "Ask not what your country can do for you; ask what you can do for your country." That's good. And like what we're talking about, get involved. Right. And then take that one step further. There is this old thing that they used to do in politics called compromise. They don't really work on that anymore. That's not like you're talking about. It's Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter and nothing in between. Right. Well, man, yes, it's true that the United States now has a Republican in the presidency and the Senate um, and the House. But it doesn't mean that you can't work together to come up with some solutions. Right. So, hopefully. 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 We'll see. And, and, and do take an active, active role if you are not liking what, what you are saying. So, well, as always, the struggle is real, so keep questioning. And if you liked what you heard, please like us and subscribe to hear more. Until next time. Bye, guys.